Welcome to Midnight Waves, episode 48 from Monday, August 3rd, 2020. My name is Chris. And my name is John. And this week on the show, we review A Hero's Death by Fontaine's DC. Have a listen to the new Billie Eilish single and deep dive into Nirvana's game changing album, Nevermind. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again. What are we up to now? 48, is that it? Episode 48. Almost a half century of <laughs> mediocre podcasts. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What are you saying? Only What's joking, this mediocre? obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Superior. Ab- yes. <laughs> Elite level podcasting. <laughs> Elite level honest reviews. Podcasting. The last honest reviewers alive. I believe so. Right? Yeah. The only Who's ones. left, eh? Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah. Nobody <laughs> is there really without an agenda. I mean... I really believe there is a lot about agenda. Or like, there's a lot you know, of agenda out there, I think. Like, oh, it's crap, but it's it's kind of good, so we'll give it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. So for some reason, everyone else thinks this is good, so I guess we should too, or else we look out of touch. I think it's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Or in the enemy's case, they paid a lot of money for this, so make sure it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much Aussie paid for that. Ten out of ten. Yeah. At least Aussie's record label. Eh? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm sure Aussie has no <laughs> idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so Aussie that, probably mate? doesn't know Aussie put out a new album. <laughs> so it's like, where am I? Who am I? <laughs> it's like Sharon. That song sounds just like me. That is you, Ozzy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's not very good, though, is it? <laughs> what? What do you say? <laughs> anyway, what's going on in, in, the, back in the... Obviously, anyway, to avoid yeah. the more miserable aspects of the world. Um, yes. I, I mean, think, does, uh, you know, Taylor Swift had the biggest... Debut of 2020. What a surprise. Who saw that coming? Colour me shocked. Oh, I didn't. I said I had no idea. (laughs) Completely. Absolute news. Mind blown by that. Um, (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I guess there's not really a lot going on. But the one thing that did kind of catch my eye as I was looking through the usual music sites that we look at, is that the uh, the CEO of yeah. Spotify? Apparently, this week, uh, what, what's his name? There, Daniel Ek. Ek. Yeah. I'm assuming. Um, he 
Like, like bleeding, his bleeding name it. Is, surname is just E.K. It's like, like heck as in heck, mm, bloody hell, bloody heck. Anyway, whatever. So, anyway. <laughs> so what, did, what did he say? He, uh, he Sorry, I yeah. guess he'd been talking <laughs> about the, uh, the criticism that Spotify has received for their atrocious royalty payout system. And, uh, that yeah. they also give major label artists an unfair advantage via playlist placement and other promotional av- avenues. Ooh. And according to Mr. Eck, okay. the problem is Ooh. not Spotify, it's those lazy musicians. Yes, he said, what? He said even today yeah, in our marketplace, that? there's literally millions and millions of artists. Mm. What tends to be reported are the people that are unhappy, but we very rarely see anyone who's talking about in the entire existence of Spotify. I don't think I've ever seen a single artist saying, I'm happy with all the money I'm getting from streaming. But he believes the answer is that... Uh, they need to work harder and make more m- more music. He said, you can't Cuts record music every three or four years and think that's going to be enough. Isn't that what a lot of mainstream I mean, artists do anyway? I, right? <laughs> I guess so, right? I guess so. <laughs> and and so... What the so, hell is that about? Jesus. Obviously, um, a lot of smaller artists i guess have complained like uh hmm. some guy called matt dryhurst i'm not sure who he is unfortunately sorry matt um but he <laughs> wrote on twitter who has the means to generate two albums a year either people who are willing to put out subpar work exactly. or people with big enough names to coral others to do the work for them exactly. like beyonce basically exactly. i guess right i mean like do these people do- does Eck know how much it costs to fucking produce and record yeah, an album? Result. It's a lot of money, right? Even if you're doing something on a, you know, sort of budget. Well, it, it's it, not, lot, it's not it? even just the the money of doing it. It's like you need a hell of a lot of mm. time, like to actually write songs mm. that you are happy with. Like, oh like, yeah, not everyone has like sure. fifty nine songwriters on every song on their album, like Beyonce does, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, was that? Be- I was gonna say Beyonce. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Name drop. Now everyone can decide. I want to <laughs> yeah. try and do That's something so different. So I'll just get all these indie guys to come and write my album for me, like Taylor Swift did. Like, right, right. You know. Like right, Zola Jesus, whose name I have yeah. heard at least before, said, It's extremely clear that Spotify billionaire Daniel Ek has never made music or art of any kind, for that matter. <laughs> and. Oh. He refuses to understand there's a difference between commodities and art. The potential for cultural... Obviously, because that would affect... Yeah, if he actually made a difference to the music industry, I'm sure he'd lose, like, another billion billion dollars or something. So that would be tragic for him. But my favorite comments came from uh, David Crosby, the legend, and Mike Mills of R.E.M., another legend. Oh, sure, yeah. Mike Mills said, Music equals product and must be churned out regularly, says billionaire Daniel Ek. Go fuck yourself. And David Crosby said, You are an obnoxious, (laughs) greedy little shit, Daniel Ek. So, <laughs> hey, hey, good on awesome. them, honestly, <laughs> honestly, what a... Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, okay, 
thanks to, I guess thanks to, I don't want to use the word thanks, but because of, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and everything else, we do, we are able to access a lots of different music and hear lots of different things for a fair price. But are the artists getting enough money? That's the, that's the issue, isn't it? Underlying issue. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Them, so. I mean, someone like Eck is obviously really not doing much for I mean, it, It's amazing how anti, like, art mm. that is. Anti-music, yeah, you, you should, you mm, should just really be is. constantly yeah. putting out music. Yeah, I wonder who's that. Go- who yeah, that's going to benefit too? I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, right, right. His his fucking his, his like, like Scrooge McDuck vault of gold mm. coins. His <laughs> that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like swimming through it every day. He's like, I'm going off in here. It's not. It's not deep enough. I mean, Put some more gold in Lord. here. Certainly, I, I don't begrudge Jesus. anyone getting rich, but I do yeah. begrudge people t- telling people who are struggling oh, to make you rich that they need to make make more mm. product for you to push out if they want to get paid. Like what a that's right. What a piece of trash. I mean, we've. I'm sure we've said this before on. on Exactly. I'm sure we've said this on the, on the podcast before, but like artists need time to make good music. We don't want stuff just dropping all the time. You want quality over quantity, I mean, right? It's the most obvious absolutely, thing. Absolutely, right? I mean, why mm. would you want... Unless it's the Fleet Foxes. We I mean, want more I, music than... You know, in in those cases, but. I think, <laughs> like some of those bands, like... I mean, yeah. not for Daniel Ek to say, but yeah, like you guys should really try and put out some more music i mean five four five six years between albums yeah. is it it's you know when you look at the bands of the 60s and 70s maybe they had similar pressures but you know basically the great greatest eras of music oh, were right. just full of bands putting out albums every year so i guess maybe you could argue that in one sense he's looking at it from that perspective like the Beatles were putting out like twelve albums really in fashion. four years. Maybe you guys could put out more than more than one. <laughs> yeah, but that's insane. I, I yeah, I get the one album every two or three years. I understand that. But like sort of five. I, I think bands kind of generally like, active bands should be looking or artists or whatever should be looking one every two years, basically. Should be a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're touring and stuff and that that's that. I mean that that is, right? So you should probably income. want to put out more more music yeah. for supporting those tours. I think yeah. once every 3 years is like yeah. kind of a limit depending on what you're doing, but yeah, it, it's definitely like a okay. you know, like you said Fleet Fox, it's like come on guys. Like you should be one of the greatest bands of all time and you have two albums. No, three albums, sorry. Like that they should be is it only three still? Like, wow, only three, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> They've been around since like 2000, um, was it eight? Six? Eight, maybe. Yeah, 2008. Bloody hell. Look it up later. Um, <laughs> it's okay, 2020, yeah. and you have wow. three albums, and your last album was three years ago. Like, And the thing is, what I, w- I wouldn't mind so much is that if I didn't keep seeing Robin Pecknold on Instagram for the last two years recording music in the studio, it's like, dude, what are you doing with this music? <laughs> And oh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to judge him, but also like stuff like how he hand, how he carries like a shopping basket for like 
you know his Instagram story for two weeks. I mean, it's like oh, like, oh, like the, the song yeah, in that like the weird smoking outside buildings with no smoking signs for like two months yeah. on Instagram. I mean, I, I do find yeah. him kind of funny, but come on, let's, mate, let's make some focus, music, Robin. refocus our our energies. <laughs> But one, one a year, year is a lot on. to ask of a great songwriter, because you, you want them to be a great songwriter. You don't want exactly. to put out subpar stuff. Exactly. But I, you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it, it would be nice to get more music from the the great yeah. bands that we have in this generation. But at the same time, I do not need Daniel Ek telling people put out more stuff if you want to make money. That's. Yeah, people are him just to just, glad just what shut you up. have. Just, just don't. I mean, say the best anything. thing for just him would be job, to just yeah. pretend to be Mr. Exactly. Cool Guy on on the side of all the artists and just like try and reword things a little yeah, bit exactly. less commerce based. Like, don't yeah, don't write stuff on. Don't Twitter. Don't. I, mean, tweet, I think he said it in, in, in an interview or something. Business, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, okay. I guess he just said something probably didn't plan to say ah who knows whatever i mean people do say stupid things in interviews but probably even more stupid things on twitter yeah, I mean, yeah. but hey certainly, yeah. certainly do on twitter yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's um, right so i don't know anything I, else going on i wonder yeah i mean i i guess there was a new uh actually run the jewels apparently have a new song out with travis barker which Wish we'd known about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's a new nothing song to do with forever, their album. So. Okay. And I guess Little Uzi Vert oh, cool. and Future put out two songs together as well, which I guess we <laughs> probably could have listened to. Actually, I did I see didn't. that. Yeah. And uh, Omar Rodriguez okay. Lopez releases new triple solo album. <laughs> Good lord. That sounds unnecessary. Omar Rodriguez who's Lopez, that? of who's, course, who's the guitarist anyway, from At the Drive In and the Mars Volta. So, I'm not sure Ooh, a triple solo is, album is, is exactly going to work out that great. But maybe he's trying to get that Spotify <laughs> royalties money eh? with his triple album. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it must have been. That's probably it. Must have been it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think there's any real, real good news of any kind. Any big news? Anything important? Impressive? So maybe we should just All get right. into our our main contemporary review of the week, I guess. And of course, that review yes is of a new album called "A Hero's Death" by an Irish band called Fontaine's DC. And uh, let's give something the poke.
So, that was Televised Mind by Fontaine's DC. I believe it's pronounced Fontaine's. It could be completely different. I have no idea. Fontaine's. Yeah, no, it must must be that, right? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's Fountains, but it couldn't spell it right. Uh, because they're thick Irish jippos. <laughs> you were. <laughs> what are you suggesting? I thought no. that's what you were suggesting. Oh no 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 no! I, I was not saying. No, I was not. Maybe it's a play. I'm a play. You know, some artists like or some art people of the art world may pronounce things differently just for, in, you know, for individuality sake. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Um, what's that Indeed. song called? Televised Mind, right? Uh, yes. That's right. <laughs> Televised Mind. <laughs> Televised Mind. Um, yeah, so what do you yeah. think of this album anyway? I mean, we, I guess we, neither of us had heard of them. We kind of went into this nope. new... I mean, I I did did go back to their first album before this just to get a, get an idea of their sound. They got, like, good reviews and they won some awards or whatever. And I was like, okay, maybe... And have have a try, give them a listen, but um, yeah, very very new for for the both of us, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. So how did it, how did it go down for you? I guess. Um. Well, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Yeah. I mean, obviously, seeing these these like very very positive reviews. Yeah. Online and and so on. I was thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a promising sign. And then when the first track comes in, first track of course is called "I, uh, I Don't, Don't Belong,", belong. Mm-hmm. and I'm thinking initially, the wow, this band is very good band, right? Like the music is really good. I really oh, like yeah. the guitar into play. I, I like the drums are good. Yeah, and then it sounds like sort of the janitor from the recording studio wandered in the room and just laid down some vocals after he'd had like a bottle of whiskey or something. (laughs) But apparently, that is actually the lead singer of the band. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of it, yeah. That was kind of it for me, unfortunately. Like, Mm. the band, I think, are, are... you know, clearly very good and, and clearly write very well arranged, very interesting songs. Yep. But this this singer whose name I, I will not attempt to pronounce. I believe I believe just a second, I wrote it down. Kay. I think it's Grian Chatton. G R G R I A N. Grian Chatton. Well we'll we'll go with that. If any of you understand Irish names, Gaelic type names or whatever, then please correct us if you can. Um, I'm I'm happy to learn somebody's name. I oh, well, of course. I don't, we, I don't wanna, get names wrong. Yeah, me neither. I hate it. I hate, you know, yeah, obviously, right? You're going to be called yeah. something you're not, but we believe that's how we pronounce it. Well, that's what we're going with, Brian. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah, I do have to agree. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Well... I mean, when I first listened to it, I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't. I guess I didn't pay that much attention to his voice. I just. I think I was enjoying the music more than anything else. But when I went back to it, I was like, "What the hell? Like this guy can't sing." I mean, basically. Yeah, I mean, he like is not, completely tuneless, or yeah, actually yeah, yeah. out of tune much of the yeah. time. 
think so. Which is just it it it's unforgivable to me. Like you can say it's like some like punk thing or something, but how many punk singers were actually well, completely that, yeah, incapable of being exactly, in tune? Exactly, and it's like a lot of them did the, the talking or the shouting or the screaming, but but like they did it in tune, right? Yeah, they, they sounded cool as well. I mean, he can't. He can't even talk in tune. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's hilarious when you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> can't talk in tune. <laughs> and you know, he. I. I, mm. I think when he does try and sing a little bit better, he just ends up sounding kind of like derivative anyway. Like on a, the song "A Lucid Dream," to me, he sounds like Liam Gallagher if he never really ah. learned to sing in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that kind of vibe too. Yeah. That song we just played there, Televised mm. Mind, I think he kind of sounds like Paul Banks from Interpol a bit, just with like a English accent. Oh, okay. If he had no melody to his vocals whatsoever. There you go. And other times he just kind of sounds like Ian Curtis, I think. But Actually, that, that yeah, that's the one. I, 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 I knew he sounded like someone, like Ian Curtis, yeah. I got that sort of but, sound. I but kind of like him. without any like the charisma or the mm. spark that made Ian Curtis something interesting, I think. I mean, yeah. I I know I guess, there's an audience, yeah. but... Sorry, I guess he's on. going for that kind of thing. Maybe he's trying to like mix and match all these sounds and he's like, okay, I'm going to go between Ian Curtis and Liam Gallagher and someone else and like, this is going to be my voice. But like you said, I mean, he's, he's out of tune. He doesn't sing well at all. I mean, doesn't it? Maybe you could say he's not even singing. It, no, it's pretty, definitely it's pretty not. bad. Yeah. So, and like, get a new singer. <laughs> well, that that was another thing that surprised me is that usually when you've got a band with a singer this bad, like, one the singer's usually playing some instruments, <laughs> yeah, like writing yeah, the music yeah, exactly. or something, and then it's like, well, it's his band, so yep. like, deal with it. But, yeah. like, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nobody think maybe we should get someone who can actually sing somebody with a, like a certain level of charisma and charm to well, his it's just performance like, just be like just sit down and be like you know like I know this is hard to say but like, could you kind of sing in tune sometimes please you know just to say something you know just don't just fucking accept him just because he's maybe he's the guy who started up the band and wrote, writes the lyrics yeah. I mean, some, some lyrics are alright they're cool but like just sing, you know. Everyone can take sing. Some, tune. Take some lessons. Exactly. I don't believe, like, almost. I'd say most people can sing in tune. Even oh, if, I mean, there are people. I, I've I've yeah. known people who are tone deaf and literally don't do not understand that they're not in tune. Oh, okay, okay. I guess yeah. doing the karaoke thing in Japan kind of makes that yeah. obvious, eh? Yeah, but like, or just even just watching a lot of professional singers in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so TV. true. You just turn on the TV and it's like one after another. What was that one we strangled cats? What was that thing we were watching last year? Some awful, awful singer. Was it the oh, guy from Smack? That guy from Kobukuro oh, who Kobukuro, was doing the Japanese it? national oh, anthem. But it was, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. It started about eight octaves too high. <laughs> And he kept just, going, right? Just kept going, and everyone's just looking so awkward and trying not to laugh. Oh my and then God. the saddest thing about Japan is you had people on YouTube like claiming they were, they were singing, like 
teachers or whatever saying uh, a singer of this st- this level of talent and achievement wouldn't do that accidentally he clearly decided that as a choice because in japan you cannot criticize people who are actually famous oh god yeah, yeah. but a lot of you artists here that like when you know they had these performances that were caught i guess on somehow you know captured and they put them on youtube and like reveal just how bad they are I mean, it's, it's incredible yeah, I mean that. I, I mean, Hamasaki even, was it? I forgot. Oh, Someone I bet. Big like her. I, I bet. Yeah. I bet so, I remember there was a, a video going around years ago, Courtney Love, like yeah. an audio file anyway, but of her isolated, like her guitar, like during a whole show, but they just isolated her vocals and okay. her guitar playing. I was like, she barely even touching the guitar during most of the song everything she played was oh. like out of tune playing the wrong chords I think chords. I heard that before yeah and like obviously she was just singing like she never sang or heard the sounds of music before yeah and it really showed what a good job that band were doing a cover for her I guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah like when you put the band back in it just sounds like all right i guess but when you just listen to her it's like she'd never played guitar before right so, that's interesting it's yeah and this guy sounds like he'd never never sang before <laughs> to be yeah. honest like I, I actually, my wife actually yeah. asked me, she walked oh, yeah. in yeah. i was listening to it and she goes whose song is he su- trying to sing and i was like his <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was like I was watching yeah. some guy do like terrible okay. covers on YouTube or something. Ah, uh, okay, I see. And then she she actually made one good observation though. She said he sings like the tape was slowed down until he was totally off key. Oh, like okay. his vocal like some of the I I think we should pop on this yes, song. I, I think it's a great say. example. Would that um, be Living in America living, by any chance? Living in America. Yeah. yeah all right. Like my Goodness, let's give that a a listen. Okay. I mean, come on. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's, that's just it. And then living in America, like which is like, out of tune anyway. You you were way too tuneful for it. like. I I don't think I can even reproduce how out of tune and monotonous and just awful his vocals are on this song. Yeah. It is it literally like he was recording the vocals in the booth and his headphones didn't work and he just didn't like mention it to anyone. Like, I'll just wing it. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. What a what a catastrophe, I, really. And, and the, the it's, weird it's embarrassing. Thing is, I scanned through mm. a few reviews of them and even did a Google search. 
I can't find yeah. a single reference to this person being a terrible singer. <laughs> I did this. I did a Google search. Yeah, like you know his name. I forgot already. Name Fontaine's DC. Like vocals, good, bad. There's nothing. Nothing. Zero mention of it. Yeah. Right. Like, are we no. are we just completely wrong? I don't no, think so. No, no, no. <laughs> Not right, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> no way, right? I, I mean, I. I Maybe I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy, but I still believe a singer should be able to be in tune yeah. during their studio album sessions. <laughs> yeah, li- live is... You know, yeah. there's plenty. Like yeah. I saw Smashing Pumpkins live, and they Billy Corgan was not a great singer live back then. He was squawking and out of tune a lot. Band yep. was still great, but I mean, he was not a great live singer. I think he's a lot better now, probably. Yeah. But at least on their albums, you would never think. You might not like That's his right. voice, but you could never say he's out of tune. That's right. Yeah. At yes, least exactly. in a focused yeah. environment, doing multiple takes to get it right, he can do it. Yeah. Apparently, yep. fucking, what's this dude? Really. Grimace. Ah, it's so difficult so to sorry. remember. <laughs> Just a minute. Uh, Grimace. Grian gr- 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 Chatton. Okay. Apparently, Grian or Grian or. I'm oh, sorry, Grian. I said Grian, didn't I? Grian Chatton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Mr. Chatton. <laughs> Mr. Chatton, yeah, there you go. Like, he apparently is not a stickler for <laughs> for getting things right. Yeah. Apparently. That's the best thing I can say. He's a very easygoing young man who is, uh, hasn't got time to waste on things like making his music sound as good as it can. Right. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a shame, isn't it? I mean, but that's really that's really the what the t- the takeaway from this album, isn't it? Like some good, pretty good songs. Like the first half is pretty good, I'd say. Yeah. Good definitely. band, good drumming, good guitar work. Yeah, blah, I, I like, really like the two vocals. guitars working together. I, I think. Um, I think maybe the second track might be. I like that. Abs- Love is I, the main thing. Yeah. So I think good. he ruins it completely. Yeah, like, that is a man guy. But <laughs> I think like the backing track itself is excellent. It kind of reminded me of Radiohead a bit in a way. The way the two guitars are so different, so like diametrically mm. opposed, but it works together so great. In that, in fact, that I thought it was quite inspiring to think of like doing two totally different guitar parts like that, and then just by yeah. his. His sing- and like his vocal, he basically says the same thing over and over again. It was so dreary. I actually started chuckling to myself because I was imagining them doing a cover of I'm So Excited. Like, oh, okay. So excited. I just can't hide it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, the worst cover this band could ever do. Like, right. <laughs> just like have a little bit of charisma, son. That's Try funny. a little bit. I yeah, definitely. Like, I I did like. I mean, despite that, I did like. I mean, well, I like that song apart from that, and also liked. Um, I was not born. I forgot the track number. Just a um, second. That, that was track. What the hell? Track nine. Track oh. nine is I was not born. Yeah. I guess I thought I thought I liked that. I had that kind of a. I got a kind of I don't know Lou Reed Velvet Underground guitar vibe from it. And maybe I got that wrong, but. Um, something nostalgic maybe. about the sound. Maybe it was even yeah. like uh, the Strokes or something. 
I don't know. Oh, maybe. But yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. For me, I, it kind of like... The Summer of Guitaring was, was kind of cool anyway. I, I, for me, it kind of peaked with You Said and then after that... It, it did for me, basically, yeah. I, I think, I, for me, You Said is the one song that I, I think even he is okay <laughs> And therefore, yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. my favorite song because is that that kind of the ba- the ballad, right? Like it is a bit of a ballad. I mean, the, mm. yeah, it it is. And then I don't know. I, unfortunately, I feel like even the band kind of went just a little bit dull yeah, after that. It did I, after that. Mm. Definitely but, like a, a top heavy album as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so I, it really reminded me of that proto motor album that we were gonna do last week except i think oh, proto Matter a better band but it it was kind of a similar thing where the band is great and the songs are so interesting but then the mm. singer or oh, vocalist uh, <laughs> singer would be a bit of a loose term uh, <laughs> yeah, just really ruins the, 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 the songs for me yeah <laughs> the guy narrating yeah. but at least that guy has some <laughs> charisma i guess as that's well. true though right? he does i think like, if you're into that kind of style yeah. which I, you know i understand there must be an audience for it yeah oh i mean I, I like the whole steady and he kind of narrates most of his songs uh, even in sonic youth like kim gordon used to, they had songs where she would just speak that's true and yes. chromatics too, which seemed very heavily influenced by that part of but Sonic. Like you Eve, said, it's like that, that. That's the word, isn't it? Charisma. It's like they got some cool thing about their voice yeah. or style or vibe, and it just works, right, with the context of the music. But these guys don't. No, I mean it's like mm. you know, you know, like one one thing I think one of the reasons Jay Z is so successful. Obviously, he he really talented guy and a great businessman but oh, his yeah. voice is just unbelievable like the the charisma of his voice is yeah exceptional that, and, oh yeah that's and true. and that's what really separates him from so many others even people who are more maybe better at him lyrically or, or more inventive or whatever you just can't mm. get past that voice it yeah. will always sound like a million dollars and <laughs> yeah that's that's really that's really true man. I, that's a really good point right yeah and like you just and we're gonna do, we're gonna we're gonna cover uh you know obviously speaking about nirvana in a minute but like that you know just oh just just so much power and energy and just well, i mean i'm gonna keep using this word charisma must be another word but so much character, flavor is that right? a word yeah. character um, that's a better word character yeah. and that that really s- s- that really sells the band. It really makes them stand out, right? Yeah, and and certainly so, in, in Kurt Cobain's case, like an amazing like, what, Jesus Christ, like variety. I don't mean variety, but I can't remember the word. I mean like versatility. There we go. Like, mm, oh yeah, yeah. He could if if you listen through their entire catalog, include like some of the stuff on Incesticide, like he could literally do almost any style and pull it yeah. off well. And every oh, yeah. time it had like that character and charisma and and, and that that like it, tone yeah. to it that makes you want to listen to it, even when it's something like ugly intentionally. True, you could hear it on 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 his unplugged on the unplugged sessions Absolutely. as well. It's just, like soulful as well, you know, yeah. bluesy, anything really. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Fontaine's DC just uh, you know, Ryan, uh, work work harder, guys. 
I mean, it, I you know, I've forgotten his name I, again. Gr- Gritton, Critton. Oh, it's fuck, Mr. Mr. Chatton, that was it. <laughs> this is the most unrem- unmemorable name of all time. I, 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 yeah, but it's just so God. weird looking. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like one of those yeah, of guys, course. but it's like, if his yeah. name is Gry, and it's like, his name might as well be like Christopher. <laughs> you know, like, or like, <laughs> exactly, like, go, gone instead of John. Gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Gonathan. Like, <laughs> Gonathan. <laughs> Gons instead of James. Games. There you go. Games. Games. That would work. That that would. Shall we give this a score? (laughs) Yeah, I guess we should uh, give a hero's death. Whose turn is it? (laughs) It's your turn. Whose turn is it? Is it my turn? Okay. Um, Can I give two scores? Please. One for the music. One for the vocals. I'll accept. Okay, I'm gonna give. uh, I'm gonna give the band. Give him a four. Yeah. Maybe, maybe generous. I'll give him a four. I'll give him a focus of one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. is that a two point five or something overall? I don't know. Two point well, five, I'll say. Well, about you. Once again, I'm going two point five. Oh, okay. Also, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. okay. I I agree. The band is excellent. I did like that one song. I I do think the band has tons of potential. If somebody just had the sack to say like. Christopher, <laughs> your time is over, but sorry, <laughs> time to move on, and uh, we're going to bring in someone who yeah. can at least hold a note every now yeah. and then. So yeah, two point five for a I hero's think, death. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's not. 50%, I mean, so many. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so many of these bloody, you know, these. Bloody uh, critics are giving it things like eight, nine, seven. I mean, seven. I guess it's nearer what it should be, but I mean, it's not. It's not worth that, is it? Not when no. a singer can't sing and you no. just kind of like your ears are just almost bleed. Well, not bleeding, but just uncomfortable. It's not an enjoyable listen because of that. So, I mean, it, it brings it, really it right down. Isn't, yeah, <laughs> it's mm. it's a real slog for an album that's only about forty-four minutes or something like that. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. But hey, oh, are we gonna do uh, have a listen to that single? Oh, of course, the biggest oh, and most talented okay. superstar in the whole world. Oh God, yeah. I keep forgetting how how important and we amazing are, she is. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. We are. Okay, so Bill and Ted. <laughs> the Wayne's World. At the Bill and Ted bit there, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Whoa, fuck. What am I talking about? Wayne's World. Yes, Jesus. Oh jeez, uh, it's, it's the heat. The heat's got. Dude. The heat's gotten to me. That's, yeah. that's Bill and Ted. Um, yeah. We are not worthy. We're not worthy. Anyway, let's okay. Let's give <laughs> give this this new song from, of course, Billie Eilish. Eilish, yeah, yeah. Billie Eilish, fucking hell. Even her what name sounds. Even her name sounds ridiculous today. Uh, Billie Eilish put out a new song called My Future, and uh, here it is. I can't seem to focus, and you don't seem to notice I'm not here. I'm just a mirror. You check your complexion. To find your reflections all alone I had to go 
changed my plans Cause I And that was my future Didn't get to the second half, unfortunately But, um Oh, yeah So there it is, and it's a song of two halves, I guess I like the first half more than I usually like her music I'm not a big fan once the drums mm. come in But I guess if I'm going to say anything positive for once uh, I like it a lot more than anything on her album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's listenable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good, I guess. I mean, the idea that you know this is some masterwork is once again a little confusing, <laughs> to say the least. Like the the response to this has been yeah. overwhelmingly positive, but um, it's not terrible, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, if we're comparing this to what we've heard before, I mean that album, I forgot what it's called now. Yeah. When we sleep, where do we go, or something? But like that. Yeah. I mean, that, like that was literally one of the most overrated, ridiculous things I've ever heard, probably ever, actually. Yeah. Unless we we did, we get gave it a good shit can didn't we? We, we certainly did. So. Our inaugural shit canning, I think. <laughs> inaugural. Was it? Or was BTS <laughs> I the think first it was. one? Yeah. Oh, BTS. Yeah. oh, BTS was the first, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the second. But, I mean, you know, that album, like, like Zane Lowe, the, the UK DJ, was saying how, how, like, of course it was the album of the year. Like, <laughs> like that, really? Oh, that's insane. Like, I think he's just saying that because it's different. I mean, it sounded different and different in the sense it was so fucking horrible to listen to. In that way, it was different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it he's just unpleasant. saying it because, like, like yeah. I, we mentioned with, like, Fontaine's DC or whatever, mm. um, people seem to be afraid to be the odd one out when mm. their their job is supposed to be cutting edge of music people like Zane is supposed to be if he's like yeah. every, if he says if someone like him says oh that's shit and everyone starts dragging him as they say on Twitter just smashing him on Twitter for it then he's done that's that's completely it so and everyone's afraid to just speak the truth yeah yeah so, so that's everyone seems to be have to be on the same page as whatever the general consensus is about every single like supposedly mm. cool or special artist now or else they're finished and thus that's that's we've got we've got twitter to thank for that oh yeah. absolutely twitter journalism but mostly yeah twitter I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, i mean oh absolutely uh, twitter twitter has ruined everything once yeah. again you can't have an opinion anymore you can't you can't have a sorry, you can't have a negative opinion anymore. You just have to be like, "This is great. This is good," even if you think it's absolute you know, bollocks. Can't risk so, being cancelled. That's why you got midnight waves, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can cancel us because yeah. we're cancel proof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. What could they do? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> The worst thing they but could yeah, do I mean, to I, us would yeah. give us a ton of publicity. So, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but you mean I, I, I agree basically. Yeah, I mean I agree. It's just like the first half's quite nice, and it, she's actually written something that's, you know, fairly enjoyable and, and listenable. Yeah. And then the second half comes in; it's like completely different. 
pace there's this sudden like, beat and it doesn't really it's like a mismatch for me it, it is work. for me too like, yeah. hmm. and if, if she'd left it at this as just like a ballad kind of like a I don't know, 40s style kind of jazz yeah torch song yeah. kind of thing. it reminds me a bit of that soundtrack madonna did for the dick tracy movie i don't know if you ever heard that but it was so oh, yeah yeah do- yeah i i have yeah yeah which i haven't heard for a long long time but as a kid I, I was a pretty big fan of madonna but for some yeah it kind of surprises me but i loved that i think that was kind of like one of the turning point albums for me in a way not that it was so special to me but I really mm. liked it. And I think that was the first time as a kid I realized, like, music can sound like something old or more sort of, uh, you know, not like more classic, not in a classical music sense, but no, more of a... Nostalgic. N- like, it can sound like something that isn't modern and actually mm. still be actually be really good. So yeah, it kind of reminds me of that era a little bit. Until the second half comes in and just it's like, hey, look, it's different. Look what a genius I am. Or is that her her brother, probably? In my opinion. There were a couple of... There was one particular lyric or part where her voice sort of went up a bit. You know, it sounded really nice. Like, I think she sings, I'm not here, I'm just a mirror. And her voice goes, ah, really right up. And it's like, oh, she can actually sing. She can actually use her voice as an instrument. But half the time she's just like dreary and sleep-inducing and... Just making me yawn, you know. But I mean, yeah, that's like, the thing. She has it, potential, but yeah. yeah. If she did this kind of thing more often, I would lay off her at least. <laughs> I'd certainly be more <laughs> yeah. interested in leave her alone. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'd certainly be more that's interested right, in it. So mm, definitely, not bad. Yeah. Not not bad. Not 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 gonna listen to it ever again. But not bad. Oh no, it's already deleted. But <laughs> I will. <laughs> Because, you know, yeah. I mean... I mean, you other shit to listen to, right? I mean, five years later, I go, I think I'll put on that Billie Eilish song. It's <laughs> yeah. just not going to happen, is it? Not the way... It's not. The, that's what really separates better, the good music. Better delete the old uh, Fontaine DC one minute before I forget. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah. Press delete right oh. now. See you later. I hate when I forget to do it and then it gets buried in, like... Because it's just... It's just you've got, like, exactly thousands of albums on your... your, your you know, you have Spotify or Apple Music yeah. or whatever you listen to, and it's like you gotta you gotta clean that shit up. I mean, cleaning so, it up um, properly is like a impossible yeah. task at this point. There's it even really been times where I, I thought mm-hmm. about doing it, and then you st- I start doing it, and then it's just such a pain in the ass. Like, you have to go through, click on the album, click the little three dots thing, click delete, like, it, and then go back again and That's keep right. scrolling through. It's just. Uh, I just matter. tried scrolling as fast as possible through all my albums and it took me 30 seconds. I mean, probably <laughs> 3,000. It's insane. It really is. Mm. It really is. I mean, I've only, only owned about 500 albums, I guess, at this point. But I've got like digitally, you know, in, in, in a way, I've got probably 3,000. Yeah. Obviously, I don't need half of those, but... Yeah. yeah. Anywho, yeah. There we go, Billie Eilish. Yeah. So... <laughs> See you later. So, moving Deleted. on from... From that, I guess. Oh, to uh, something that actually does stand the test of time as being a oh, we are not worthy type situation, I believe. I oh yes, yes. And I still remember the first time I heard this this album. I remember the day I bought mm. it. I remember 
he's hearing certain songs for the first time before I bought it. It's one of those life-changing event albums. And of course, yeah, that's Nevermind by Nirvana. Wonderful. Let's get into it. Smells like teen, not smells like, smells <laughs> like teen spirit there. Yes. And, uh. What a song. Good lord. Yeah. I mean, could you even imagine. I, do you think anyone had any idea how important that song was going to be? I don't think when they, so. When he first wrote like it. Like, when I. Oh, okay, yeah. Like when I first heard that, I was just like, what the fuck is this? I was scared, yeah. but mystified and just in love with it. It's all these different emotions. It was just, it was like nothing else at the time, right? Was it 1991 I mean, it, it, or two when the single came out? Uh, Never mind. Well, the album came out in <laughs> September 24th, 1991. Ah, September 10th for the single. So two weeks before the album dropped. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, it definitely it definitely must have been out before the album because. But how did you first hear I about remember. Nirvana? Oh, sorry. Yeah. How no, I mean, that's fine. So I I first I saw they had a video for In Bloom oh, that they did. Okay. Um, they did for Sub Pop originally. Okay. I guess they'd recorded some stuff with uh, Butch Vig with the idea that he would produce their album for Sub Pop that was going to be called Sheep. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, 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 that's right. And th this was before Dave Grohl joined the band. So this so was Chad 1990, was still right? There. Hmm. Um, this, yeah, it was, 1990, it was April 1990. Okay. And um, I, I guess it... Like Sub Pop made a video for it. Like they had a video for it. Where I I just remember they were going around this. I don't know if it was like a like a carnival or something. I can't remember exactly. I haven't seen it for ages. But Kurt had this really bizarre like perspex clear face mask that was like yeah. his face. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't. Know. I always wondered where he got that from. And they were just sort of walk, walking around, and it was the same song except it was just rougher, and he sang it more like aggressively and. Yeah, I I think basically the song didn't change that much because I think Dave just played the same drum parts just like harder, okay, <laughs> I guess or with more more precision, I guess more power and precision. That's basically why they replaced Chad Channing anyway because yeah. Kurt wanted a drummer who could beat the shit out the drums. I guess right, right, something heavier, right? Mm. So in sad. 1990, that video started. It was on like a sub pop video called the Sub Pop Video so that, Network Program. Oh, so that wasn't like MTV or anything, was it? I think MTV started playing it though. Yeah. 
and I'd saw, I'd, I saw that, and I, I was, like, immediately, like, whoa. Because I, I already liked the Pixies and some right. bands like that. Yes. And they were basically, I mean, Kurt said that That's right. their whole thing was trying to rip off the Pixies. Mm-hmm. So I, I started looking for this band, and all they had was Bleach. So I actually heard Bleach first. And oh, then it okay. was, like, so shortly after that, that Smells Like Teen Spirit was suddenly this thing and i used to watch america's like top 10 countdown or whatever with casey Kasem. i remember yeah for some reason i i'd always watched it as a kid and i still watched it and suddenly this song was like climbing the charts with that video they had oh god the video was so awesome and and this was like the sort of you know when you you watch the billboard top 10 or whatever is always like Vanilla Ice, yeah. Martika, yeah. Marky Mark, New Kids on the Block. It was always that kind of music, right? Like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson. Especially Madonna, Michael Jackson whenever. at this point, right? Wasn't yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So he had like the dangerous, he had like that black and white song was, was massive yes. at that time. Yes, and that yes, video yes. was there every week. That's and, right. and then it was just this crazy thing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that, that's like, it. I knew the band, it really was but just it, it amazing. Was a, yeah. Mm. It was insane seeing this band on TV for a start. Yeah. Because that, those, you know, like, I saw the Pixies on TV once, I think. They were on the on the Word. Oh, I remember the Word. That's a UK yeah. show, right? But that was for promoting, like, Bossa yeah. Nova. So oh, that okay. wasn't even, that was after this anyway. Oh, yeah. So it was crazy seeing this kind of band on TV. And... Even having heard Bleach, this was like still like yeah, it had like a weirdly terrifying thing about it. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. It was so appealing when right? you when you as a you teenager know, like when you actually yeah. compared it and put it in context with what was mainstream rock music mm-hmm. like Bon Jovi and I mean even Guns N' Roses, which you well, know this like was, yeah, obviously this was Use Your Illusion one and two right about this time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, early nineties. That's right. So like, "Don't Cry" was like all like the big, yeah, big video that was always getting tons of airplay around that time. I think mm. I love "Don't Cry," but it's still like a, you know, it's a ballad. It's a nice ballad. It's it's still kind of a really very well made ballad. Yeah, in a very sort of classic kind of you know that that era rock band kind of style. Right. This felt like somebody was running through a shop and mow with a machine gun <laughs> compared to that kind of stuff. Basically, yeah. It, it, it was just, even though it's like comparatively very polished and everything, to just go from like Bleach, and it's not like I adored Bleach at first, and I just thought the band was cool. Yeah. And I, I loved a few songs, but I didn't think about it that much yet. Yeah. And then to hear this song that was just unbelievably great. Like, it oh, really, yeah, it was just like, I, I couldn't even believe that a song was this good. And I, I think, I mean, I don't, I think I heard about Nirvana later than you. Like, I think Smells Like Teen Spirit was the first song by Nirvana that I'd heard. And I was just blown away by it. I lived watching it on new, um, MTV almost every day for, for weeks and weeks. And yeah. I guess we had like, there was some kind of like, um, like a grunge or sort of rock night at this local club I went to. In, uh, I guess I was in junior, was I in junior high, secondary school, I guess, at yeah. fifteen or sixteen years or whatever. I can't remember when it was now, but you know, we'd go along then we'd be headbanging, there'd be like Pearl Jam, Nirvana songs or whatever. 
But this, when this song came on, everyone just be like going mental, you know, banging their heads and jumping around no, yeah. and just, and there's nothing like it. It's absolutely incredible they're, they're, for, for a teenager yeah. to hear something like this. That, that That's the thing, you know. I mean, it really was. It, mm. it and and it was amazing seeing it sort of climb up the that chart mm. and getting more and more and more. I, I I think it got to number four in the Billboard charts. I don't think it got to number one as oh. a single. Oh, oh, okay, as a but, single. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. But it was it was literally a time where it was a shift. You could feel the shift somehow. You could just feel it. Yeah, how suddenly that this music is gonna be the music, right? And by the time Nevermind came out, I I literally all the music I loved before that basically, except for stuff like the Pixies or some other, I guess some other bands that uh, Sonic Youth I'd listened to a bit at that point, Dinosaur Junior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still those bands never turned me off, like Guns and Roses or Metallica or like even like stuff like Van Halen or whatever. I never thought like, oh, th- this, this music is irrelevant. Right. Until I heard Nevermind, where suddenly I didn't want to know about that music at all anymore. Like, it just absolutely killed it for me for a few years. That's and that's how big it was, right? How big the album was, their sound. It, mm. it, it's weird how everyone apparently felt the same way. <laughs> like. Mm. Because all those bands basically went out of business. Hmm. I mean, Guns N' Roses did put themselves out of business, to be fair. Obviously, Metallica didn't go anywhere. But, like, Motley Crue and Van Halen and Poison and... Yeah, those guys are are finished, eh? Those bands literally went from being some of the biggest bands in the world to not even existing anymore mm. and being MTV telling them we're not going to play your music anymore it's over yeah like that's literally what happened that's amazing like a, a, a genre <laughs> shift like a huge like like it really sucks that paradigm MTV, shift. like shit on them like that but yeah but yeah it was an absolute paradigm shift mm. and yeah it is uh, we haven't even talked about the other tracks yet <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true thing, like, when you that's listen true. to this so album actually, like you know, you end up liking yeah. the other songs more than the, you know the the hits, right? As well, probably. I mean, I certainly discuss. do. Mm. I certainly do. I mean, I listened. I, mean, I, I listened ex- to this album like yeah. ten times the last week, week or well, week or so, and I just skipped the first track, which this one smells like Tune Spirit, just because I know it just too well. I, mean, I don't need to listen to. I love it, but I don't need to listen to it a thousand times more. You know, but yeah, like you just need to listen to those deeper cuts a bit more. I think appreciate it, I, I, I never i never skip smells like teen spirit but mm. i do understand they, it had the creep effect for them where radiohead, ah, radiohead ended up yeah. hating that song and yeah i, I think I kurt can, ended up hating i can understand song that too, from kurt, kurt cobain's perspective yeah. yeah yeah but yeah i mean i mean it's incredible really yeah shall we um should we well yeah speaking of in bloom okay i think we should uh Certainly, that was this was another single. I think it was the last single from mm-hmm. the album, and uh, this song is about their fan base. All right.
Bloom, of course, as I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, very kind of very important song for me. In the end there it became I think the last single they did. They did a great video for it, which uh I guess Weezer kinda of ripped off. <laughs> in a way. Video. Well so the video is like they're on like a fifties like. TV show dressed like buddy holly types. Oh, well, like a sixties sixties variety that. show, something in black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost like um, uh, what's it called? Bloody Happy Days, or like kind of like the Happy Days kind of thing. And then I guess mm. towards the end of the video, it starts cutting between them wearing dresses, smashing everything, which would be very oh. unacceptable in the sixties. What was that thing about? Didn't they often wear dresses? Was it just Kurt Cobain? No, that, I, I guess they all the did, but he he did a lot. Okay. I think it was just because. He had such contempt for for much of his audience, who were like yeah. kind of a lot of jock high school jock kind of people like me, I guess. Uh, but now, like, but <laughs> unfortunately, but I guess people who he felt didn't really get get the band or get like the things they thought were important. Like you know, he was mm. pretty. Uh, he was like by today's standards a very moderate feminist, but by the that day standards yeah it was like uh he mm. he like it, it was unusual at the time when you had you know axel rose and guys like that david lee roth that's right but that's right i mean by he i watched i watched an interview with yeah. him and he was yeah he was talking a lot about like female rights and stuff yeah. and equality and things or, yeah decent guy eh? i mean the, the thing is to me he was like the version of that 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 the the version of that that I admire, where he would say, like, we mm. don't want to come off too political, we don't want to sound crazy right. PC or whatever, like, we just, <clears throat> exactly. you know, they just believed in, in rights for women and, and not being, like, horribly homophobic like, and stuff like that. And, yeah. And that's... They're just, like, de- decent blues. I mean, that's it. <laughs> like, they were just good people. And yeah. unfortunately, like, you can't yeah. even... Now he'd probably be considered, like, a conservative by today's standards, but... Oh, it's just you know, ridiculous. It's... Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, they had, like, that song, Being a Son and stuff, right? Which is, like, mm. how she, you know, basically how difficult it is being a daughter when, when it's basically a song for China. She should have been right. a son. But... Anyway, they did the dress thing, I think, because it upset it would upset people. Those kind of people. Yeah. Trump supporters, That's right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I but I like the video and I think the song's great and the I, song's I, awesome. I, I love, I love that chorus. The different riffs, the chorus, like the melodies mm. is so great and one of his better yeah, guitar solos that's... too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Kurt. Some people say, like, oh, he wasn't he wasn't a great, amazing, like, skillful you know, guitarist. But these solos were just so perfect in a way. I mean, they like, were absolutely perfect for his perfect music. choice of notes. Exactly. And like, they weren't, like, complicated. I mean, I'm guessing. I'm not, no. I, you know, I can't play lead guitar, but I'm guessing not that complicated. But it just works so well. I mean, it would he just be like weird if he just started doing like some Eddie yeah. Van Halen stuff oh, in course, the middle of yeah. these songs, right? But and I think that was what he wanted to do, right? He wanted to make simple music, but with very you know, good, catchy melodies, but a lot of that power and aggression at the same time. That really was that Nirvana's thing, right? Yeah, I mean, like Gr- Grohl said, like sound. the mm. basically the the mission statement became making children's music. 
Ah, I read that. Like yeah. catchy yeah, right. children's music songs that mm. they could make as simple as possible. That's why he was going because right. he started listening to all those kind of you know. Yeah, you know, Kirk grew up listening to like Aerosmith and and Zeppelin, Sabbath, and the Beatles. So, oh, oh that's yeah. of course. You know, they, they have that song on Incesticide called Aero Zeppelin because he thought it was he in his mind he was doing a Aerosmith Led Zeppelin song. Right. It sounds nothing like either of those bands, to be honest. But I guess yeah. one one of the riff in the song does sound a bit like an Aerosmith song, to be honest. But yeah, but like he definitely came from that. But then he they started doing like like listen to all that like really poppy music and that's kind of what he wanted to do i guess that's why they wrote the song sliver which is on incesticide also which is like a straight mm. up pop song like grandma take me home right. that's basically like a kid's song yeah. and i think i think he said he wrote that song as like a, a statement to their fans like i'm doing pop music now right and uh well he did and but. I mean, and they're like, yeah, exactly. And some of the songs, I mean, a lot of it on uh, Nevermind really is kind of essentially poppy, isn't it? Very, like, very catchy, melodic and s- simple, right? I mean, songs that if you just took took away the, the loudness, I mean, the volume and all that, it would sound essentially like pop music. It has, yeah. It's just, so, it's just so well done. I think even, even mm. Territorial Pissings is like, like yeah. it's still melodic right i mean it, it i mean it's the yeah. the the least pop song on the album but it's still me- catchy yeah I it's think still so. melodic and it, it th- like you know every other song i mean is just straight up melody and that's that's right. i mean that's another thing he told dave Grohl that songs come first like melody comes before lyrics so that's why he was not that bothered about writing lyrics and wrote most of these lyrics in the car on the way to the studio apparently so right that's yeah you 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 told me that before yeah that's interesting (laughs) and yeah like mm. it'd be so weird to go in the studio like that i think especially those days where you're paying for studio time Mm. obviously that's right and have to have a producer and just be like oh yeah i need to <laughs> let me just finish writing this song like, <laughs> yeah so time time is money guys it's, it's like all right we're gonna do the vocals all right I'll just like finish writing some lyrics then and what a bloody vocalist kurt well i mean what a great voice what a voice and so versatile yeah from he, really? he could literally do anything I mean, he could probably mm. have been like a death metal band if he wanted to be. Mm. Like the screams, the scream, he was like an amazing, he had an amazing scream. He he had a beautiful voice when he wanted to. He had that great timber and like, mm. like grain to his voice that was always there. But he could sound silly and still make it sound fun and cool. He could sound like crazy, like on some of those sort of incesticide songs. And it still just always worked. He never sounded stupid. He always sounded exactly what he wanted to sound like. And, you know, I, I, in, in that comes you are book, that he did that way that where uh, Michael Azarad, I think his name is interviewed him a lot for that, which is, uh, he said that when he was a kid, he would go fishing with his uncle, I think. 
Yeah, maybe he's dead. And he would just scream. And he would just go what? off to the riverbank and just scream as loud as he could. And what? like, what? what for? Well, oh, like so, for singing practice? So or? the adult he was with, I forget which one. Let's say his uncle. <laughs> his uncle would ask him, what are you doing? Yeah. And he said, I'm st- I'm strengthening my vocal cords, <laughs> which is probably oh, the opposite okay. of uh, what would actually happen by doing that. But that's pretty much where his voice came from. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. From from fishing and sh- uh, shouting at fish, screaming at fish. As loud as he could. <laughs> and that's I wouldn't cool. recommend that to anyone, but I guess it worked out for him. Although, because of his singing technique he really fucked his mm. voice a lot and i think oh, they, yeah? they canceled quite a few shows because his voice would oh, be okay. fucked because he never really learned I to do it properly that. now when you when you hear yeah. those like crazy metal bands where they're like screaming like it's like some inhuman monster there's actually a very complicated technique to that to do it without okay. destroying your vocal cords and it's something you really have to learn to do properly and i guess That's kurt never did so yeah and the doctor actually recommended to him you should learn to do it properly or you're going to risk losing your voice in future like forever right and he was like well, it'll i guess he didn't i guess he didn't need to worry about that well, anyway. i guess not <laughs> but yeah, blow your blow your brains out at twenty seven. I mean, it'd be, and that, I mean, it'd I, be amazing yeah. to think. I like it. Be I wonder what he would sound like by now if if he hadn't done that. If he was yeah. still around, you know, we talk about how yeah. Robert Plant had to very much adjust his voice. That's true. I I wonder what yeah. Kurt would have done. Hmm. I wonder what yeah. he'd sound like now. Eh? Mm. In his in his fifties. It's 50s. so weird to yeah, think, right? Point. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway. Hmm. Well, shall we uh, give come, come, come As You Are a quick listen? I think we should. All As you are, it's the second single, and as you were, yeah, it's it, it's kind of a weird thing mm. with the singles, actually. In that, mm. the the record company wanted "Drain You" to be the first single. Oh yeah, and the band and Butch Vig, I guess, fought with them that it should be "Smells Like Teen Spirit," which I think "Drain You" is amazing. Probably my favorite song on the album but as a single clearly smells like teen spirit should have been yeah. the first choice but That's the record right. company insisted that this should be the second single and kurt did not want to do it because he was worried that it sounded too much like killing joke song 80s 
Ooh, and okay. um, which it does. I see. And um, there was Killing Joke were upset about the song. Yeah, is it almost and, almost like ripoff level close? Oh, it's or? very close. I haven't actually heard it. The, the riff, the riff is the do 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 do. That is, okay. uh, I mean, if if, if you want to have a quick listen there in the background. Oh, I, I take, I'll take you with. Yeah. I mean, I probably have heard it before. So I, I guess uh, Jody Walker, the guitarist for Killing Joke, was apparently very upset about the whole situation and felt that Nirvana mm. uh, handled the situation poorly. So there were some rumors that there was a lawsuit, yeah. but I guess it never came to anything. Okay. So, yeah, even though I think they had a tremendous claim on it, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they, I guess they ended up getting no money off it. So it's it's That's definitely a weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. But it wouldn't happen these days, would it? Ooh, be a no. big issue. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, Kurt was well aware of it apparently, and he was right that they were, they were going to be pissed about it. Um. But what are you going to do? Such is life, I guess. Um, I think it's Such a great a, song still. To me, yeah. this is the one song where you said like you skipped Smells Like Teen Spirit. I never skip any songs, but if I was going to skip one, I f- would always feel like it would become as you are. And then when I listen to it, it's, oh, it's still great. doesn't matter. Still awesome. Still sing along every single word of the song. But yeah. it is the one song to me that just feels a little overplayed a little bit to me. Okay. In, mm, I understand that. Mm. Yeah. I guess it's kind of the same way. Like I can listen to Even Flow and Alive over and over again, but when I hear like Jeremy start, I just start thinking. Mm. And then when I hear it, it's, oh, it's still a great song. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. For I me, for me, "Come it's As like, You Are" is like never minds Jeremy <laughs> a little bit. But it's yeah, like those classic albums often have a well, see, usually have a track like that. Like you've heard, like say, I don't know, really old, going back a long way to Boston's. Um, more than a feeling. Yeah, I, I mean Say that definitely would the album, be like But that, right? you know, like you've heard it so many times. Or journeys uh, don't stop believing. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, ding, 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 ding. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you something can like skip don't it, stop but you still want to hear it. Is almost yeah. like redundant at this point, but it's mm. still kind of the best song there. So, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know when I was listening to Alison Chains' Dirt. I, I, I realized it's this. I guess that album's song for me is Rooster. Okay. Whereas when I li- it's still a great song when I listen again I'm still feeling like I want to sing along with everything but somehow Wood never gets boring or old oh, or played no. out for me never no. never but never never Rooster was sort of if I was gonna skip a song it'd probably be that one so okay except for that weird like I am Iron so, God there you noise go. and, that's and another ex- another quick example Soundgarden Supernova's uh, Spoonman right I mean or about Black Hole even Black Hole Sun maybe I mean, to me, I would say Black Hole Song because that's still a great song. I never really liked Spoonman, so... Oh, I see. Yeah. That that was a song that I never really liked. So, yeah. for me, I think Black Hole Song, where when I listen, it's like, oh, it's still great. But when it comes on, you just think, ah, oh, this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I want it's it to be Fresh Tendrils or, like, oh, Fourth God, of July. Or something. I, I want those songs oh. more than I want yeah, Black oh, Hole yeah. Song. Oh, so. Easily, easily. But I mean, Come As You Are is 
it's a it's Miss a masterpiece Young. of like you know yeah. pop song pop rock songwriting right the melodies are amazing mm. the arrangement is perfect i love how the second well sorry well the first there's two verses at the beginning but i love when it comes back after the chorus the third verse is really condensed and I gets right back to the that, chorus same thing and i just realized that yesterday like memory and he says i swear i don't have a gun i don't have a gun that comes back to the chorus again that's so quickly right that's i i I, I can't think think of other songs that do that it's so well arranged Mm. and like down to just there's not a wasted second like nothing is too long or needless and again like it's it shares this very similar solo with Smells Like Teen Spirit in that the solo is just the vocal melody line mm. played on the guitar. Mm, but yeah, yeah, for yeah, some exactly. reason, it works so well. <laughs> That's right. I can't think of bands that did that, where yeah. the the solo would literally just be the 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 vocals, the melody vocal line. I, I can't think of another band that was doing like that. But for some reason, yeah. it just really, really works. Oh, it's so good. You would it's think so it would good. be kind of unnecessary, right? <laughs> like, right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely. For some reason, it really does elevate the song stuff. And maybe that's why uh, that's why he was kind of considered a good, a great guitarist, because of the way he did that. Like, other bands weren't doing it. It, it, it. it is perfect, the way he does it. I, I, I so think he, he was obviously not a technical guitarist, but... I think yeah. he was still a really good and really interesting guitarist. And certainly, like, yeah, at this point, he was writing very sim- simple songs for the most part. Right. With, like, a few chords. But I feel like I keep... If you listen to Bleach or some of the stuff on Insista, there's actually some really complicated guitar stuff there played kind of sloppily. Yeah. But yeah. certainly not simplistic songwriting in those. And, and same with In Utero. Like, you know, something like the riff for, like, um, serve the servants stuff like that, or radio friendly oh, yeah. unit shifter like there's stuff going on some of the or Francis Farmer will have a revenge on Seattle yeah they're not basic songs they're not like they're not the songs of somebody who can't play the guitar that's right <laughs> for sure and even comes you yeah. arguing that this, it's not that easy to play it and sing it at the same time like you can get in the rhythm of yeah. it but he was at this time he was the only guitarist in the band so that's right. it's, it's oh, what there was someone else later well pat you smear mean? was in oh. the band for the last couple of years oh i didn't know that okay i mean he's on the unplugged too but okay but he was two he was like a touring guitarist for oh, the in utero tour because yeah and then he, he he became like a full-time member that's why he's on the unplugged show Ah, okay. And then I remember they now, just never got another guitarist sitting there. Just, who is this guy? <laughs> so I didn't even. So, know. I mean, well, he's he's okay. in Foo Fighters, right? So, oh, he I was originally in the Germs, which thing. was like an LA punk band. I, he's much older than than they were, I think. Right, right, right. Yeah, I was not but, aware of that. Okay. I mean, the, the idea was that he would take the pressure off Kurt live, I guess, because it is sure. quite a thing to have to be the only guitarist playing live i think and yeah. singing at the same time and singing so well as well well yeah. that's it and he was a great live singer he was obviously more like he would sing more violently i guess live like he was definitely not sure. calm but he certainly did not sing like shit unless he wanted to yeah 
Mate, there is a version of this song, Come As You Are, and uh, there was a Nirvana, I forgot what it's called, but there was like a, a VHS tape that mm-hmm. had a bunch of different Nirvana stuff from TV shows and stuff like that. And there was a section about when he would be, yeah, I guess he was a very moody person, very bad mood swings. Mm-hmm. And there's a version of Come As You Are where he just sings it like that guy in Fontaine's DC. <laughs> Basically, oh, no. like intentionally oh, no. just putting the microphone in his mouth, like like that. Oh, no. Yeah, which must have been a real treat for the audience. I mean, he, he obviously, obviously, <laughs> Kurt had a bunch of issues, and yeah. he ended up kidding himself. But that's sad, isn't it? Really, it is. To, yeah. to he was so angst, angst ridden, and I mean, I think he had suffered from depression and other things. Oh, terribly, well. so. drug, drug so. addiction, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he also had a really bad stomach issue. Oh, did he? That caused him tremendous pain, which is why he... Well, one of the reasons he started using heroin so much, because he said no medicine did anything like heroin did. So, yeah, sucks. Shame. Yeah, big shame. (laughs) Of course. Let's uh, let's, uh, move along then, shall we? And the next song, one of my personal favorites. Mm. Of course, that is Breed. favorite songs on the album my band used to cover this song for a while when when we first started and uh just a great chorus i think great bass line like great riff there and uh amazing drums oh god the the drumming the intro drumming show is awesome isn't it has an incredible snare roll yeah i think dave i mean what a yeah, you know, I'm. I like the early Foo yeah. Fighters stuff. I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan, honestly, and uh, I feel like Dave became a bit of a bit of a dickhead rock star kind of guy, to be honest. In recent years, as he got older, like a little bit of a superhero rock star dude. But yeah, I get I get that vibe about him too. But you know, he was an unbelievable drummer. Yeah, on on the Nirvana stuff he played on the Queens of the Stone Age stuff he played on like the obviously the early Foo Fight the first Foo Fighters album he played drums as well and that was it was awesome yeah he 
is one of the greatest drummers of all time, I think. I, I yeah. Legitimately. I, I think so. And, uh, yeah. you know, they, they actually found Dave playing for Scream, who were in my <laughs> 1983... Uh, were they in my top... No, they weren't. They were a contender in, in, a, in for my 1983 top 10 list. Okay. And uh, Dave was playing in that band that I guess yeah. Kurt and Chris Novoselic went to see and they were really impressed with him and then conveniently Scream broke up shortly after and that's how he ended right. up flying to Seattle and joining Nirvana what a Thank God tremendous did, eh? bit of fate and he went from a Washington DC hardcore punk band to nowadays being one of the biggest rock stars in the world that's amazing. That is an incredible thing. So you know, say whatever in you the want right about at the right time. about Foo Fighters, yeah. but you know, to achieve that level of success in two bands is there aren't many like that's that. That's not an accident. I mean, ah, fate. Well, I mean, talent, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, you weren't going that way. Uh, no, I was. Dave said his I'm prayers kind of cool, and cooling. took his vitamins every night and <laughs> yeah, it worked yeah. out. There we go. Planted his magic yeah, beans very, and the next morning a very talented man. gigantic <laughs> rock star beanstalk grew, grew, showed up in there his garden. Obviously that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, I mean, <laughs> plenty of criticism for Dave some, in recent years but cannot take away from him that he is obviously tremendous musician so oh yeah anyway um breed though i mean how do you how do you feel about breed fucking killer i this is so powerful meaty just like you said the course is awesome you know lyrics are pretty simple aren't they yeah 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 Yeah, there's lots of like i'm not gonna crack i like it i mean that's that's lithium what the fuck am i talking about (laughs) sorry it's okay i was jumping ahead there you know that I don't mind, I don't mind, I don't mind, I don't mind, right? I mean, just yeah. there isn't much depth to the lyrics, but, like, the fucking vocals are awesome. The drumming's great. That thick bass line, and, I mean, what can you say, really? It's got, like, a really weird just, thing on the guitar solo, which, uh, where yeah. it pans from left to right. Oh, and okay. it's like I, I, it's like quite a unsettling solo. I remember like when, like I said, when my band used to do it live. Like I, I watched a video of him play it, and just mm-hmm. had to just guess <laughs> where he was playing yeah. on the guitar because it literally just playing up the neck and just like strumming the shit out of like a bunch of notes. That there's, right. I don't think there's any particular uh, like choices made there or anything just works i guess right. but the way they pan the way butch Vig sort of pans it from left to right really gives it this very unsettling effect that i think really adds to the song really well and mm-hmm. it's it's a really well produced version of what could be a very difficult song to record i think i think it's really well wasn't done. wasn't someone else involved with the uh andy production? wallace mixed it andy wallace was because because Kurt wasn't happy with Vi- uh, Butch Vig's sort of 
his mixing. Well, actually, Blotch Vig mixing? wasn't happy with his mixing either. So that's when they decided oh, really? to take it to someone else. The record company suggested all these other producers, like guys who'd oh, worked okay. with uh, like REM stuff. And at the yeah. bottom of the list was Andy Wallace, who had previously ah, okay, produced right, right, uh, right. Slayer. Slayer, that's what Kurt liked, right? And like that heavier sound. That, that's the thing. They wanted the album mm. to sound heavy. Apparently, he changed the sound of the drums and the guitars quite a lot. And I'm really curious... Okay like how <laughs> exactly what did he do yeah yeah but also yeah, what did yeah. it sound like before so it, it's one of those mm -hmm. weird things that you don't really get anymore as we mentioned a few episodes back i think because everyone seems to produce themselves now and yeah that's i miss the days of like real producers who had a, a put their own stamp and personality and knew what they were doing under yeah. an album like Flood or we need, Butch we need, Dig we need or, that again we like, need that yeah. you know like uh, I forgot the guy who did uh, 10 like the, like all they were, there was just like there were a lot of well Rick Rubin I guess like there were guys who were at a sound Rubin, who def Rick Parisher did 10 but I, I was thinking of Rick Rubin also as an example like, oh, okay. like yeah. um, you know there were guys who had a certain sound and they produced certain band like bob rock and metallica and all that stuff like mm -hmm. that it's just kind of lost now and some bands are great at producing I guess themselves i get it maybe it's because of the way rocks rocks just not as popular anymore i guess i so. mean like you know this kind of rock i i, I guess mm. so but i i it's not like there's anything wrong with like how grizzly bear sounds or flea foxes sound oh, obviously sure, sure. but i do think it's you lose something a little bit where you don't have somebody outside the band to to critique like it in some opinion? way yeah 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 that's right the critiques a little bit sort of thing. so yeah anyway let's uh let's bounce yeah. on to the yeah oh, yeah, yeah so. <laughs> of course sorry about that's that right. lithium <laughs> right to lithium yeah I'm so happy Cause today Found my friends They're in my head I'm so ugly That's okay Cause so are you Bergomis Sunday morning Is every day For all I care And I'm not scared Light my candles In our days Cause I found God Obviously, it was a big, big hit. Also, yeah, big single. Was, was that the third or fourth single? I guess. I guess it was the third single. Third, okay. And it was the one they played on the MTV Awards live, where they started playing "Rape Me," and MTV almost cut the feed. Oh, okay. What yeah. what MTV misunderstanding the song? Yeah. Well, Kurt said he wanted to play this new song "Rape Me," and they definitely did not want a song called "Rape Me" on M on right. the MTV Awards. Right. 
and forbid it. And they wanted him to play Smells Like Teen Spirit, obviously, and he refused. Oh, okay. So Lithium was the compromise. But then, I guess, being Kurt, he still started playing Rape Me at first. And if he'd played it for... I think they said if he'd played it for three more seconds, it would have been off the air. Oh, okay. If he hadn't stopped. I see. Like, they literally would have cut the entire live feed. <laughs> and gone to commercial, so... Interesting. Luckily, that didn't happen, because they did a great version of Lithium in the... the Certainly the greatest year of the MTV Video Music Awards. It had a lot of great performances that year, a lot of good bands. Yeah. So, But, I mean, it's another... I guess it's a song probably the next one for me where it's like a little bit... Don't really feel like listening to it, but when I do, I love it. That's... Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. And it it's a really cool riff and it's amazing that he could get away with a chorus that is just literally yeah and somehow it doesn't sound weird or that's, wrong that's, yeah I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> say something like on those lines yeah. it's just like the charisma back to the charisma like he pulls off yeah, yeah as, as a fucking great chorus like yeah, yeah guys delivery. yeah man you know it just works it's awesome I mean it, that's the thing it sounds like something like Van Halen would do or something right. a Motley Crue right like yeah 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 like that kind of thing right yeah. Yeah, like like Motorhead or something but somehow it just works and it's like an iconic chorus somehow like it's an instantly recognizable chorus right but i will say the song as far as it's recorded is an example for me of why a producer is good because this song this album is littered with songs in different different keys oh okay so the this this on the album version i believe is tuned down a d standard oh, okay so that would be two two <laughs> steps below like a standard guitar tune. Yeah. And I can only assume, I, I think Polly is the same way, and some songs are in like E flat, and some songs standard tuning. And live, they always play at E flat, I believe. But yeah. uh, it's the producer's job to get the best version of the song, right? So presumably his singing was better yeah. at this for the album. Oh, okay. It was the best vocal performance in this key. Right. So that's what a producer does. Right. And I, I kind of really, as as a kid, lear, like playing guitar and learning these songs, it was infuriating because you would have to, if you want to play along with it, you have to tune your guitar all different ways. That's right. But <laughs> as far as doing your job to produce the best possible version of an album, that's what it's for. And I don't think most bands producing themselves are going to be like, let's try it in a slightly different tuning. Let's try it in a slightly different tuning. But if you watch like the Unplugged performance, when he does Penny Royalty solo, yeah, he actually says, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try in this tuning and then I might have to change the tune. He says something like that. Yeah. So he didn't even know it was the best tuning to sing that song in. That's kind of, I think, probably born from these sessions, the idea that, well, maybe it'd be better if I just sang in a slightly different tuning. That's really interesting. So, so all that yeah. sort of influence, in the studio influence, right? Or the, uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing yeah. that he, it made him more aware of it because obviously Bleach is all in, I, I believe, all just E-flat. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's really interesting, though. Sue, following up Lithium. What do we have next? Um, Polly, was it? What is it? Polly, Polly I believe. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. And, uh, well, let's do that. Cool. Stone song for me personally because it was the first song yep. I learned to play the guitar and sing at the same time too. The first so. song by Nirvana or just any song? Any song that I actually learned to sing and play the guitar at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it was it hard? It's not I easy mean, to learn I mean, to I sing know, and play I guitar at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I mean yeah. this particular song, like musically, yeah. was the it reason hard I chose it was because it was quite simple. Right, right, but. <laughs> I mean, literally, that was cool. that. That was it. It was like the six chords in the entire song. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it was like an early favorite as well. I really loved it at the time. It was really interesting. You know, there's not a lot of acoustic music around. To be honest, I think like for for yeah, young bands, right. like you know, Guns N' Roses had like Patience, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's so right. There's nothing on Bleach that was acoustic, like about a girl. So this was, been, that, this was Nirvana's first acoustic number? Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And it was recorded on a, a a piece of shit guitar he found in a pawn shop for $20 that only had five strings, I think. And he had to duct okay. tape the uh, the tuning pegs together so it would stay in tune. Oh, Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and he never changed the strings, which is why the strings sound dead. But it gives it like a really interesting kind of percussive sound. I think. Mm. Isn't this song pretty suicidal? Am I? Am I? I'm just looking at the lyrics right now, but so I don't remember this. Like, yeah. So the song is about um, a girl who. It's a true story. Yeah. Of. I mean, he changed the story a little bit in the end, but he, um, I guess he'd read this. This song is one of the oldest songs. Apparently it goes back to at least 1988. Yeah. So the earliest home demo known of the song. And it's about um, a girl who was kidnapped and chained up by her feet from the ceiling oh, and God. tortured with a blowtorch and raped repeatedly. Oh, shit. And she eventually escaped by jumping out of her kidnapper's pickup truck. Oh, Jesus. And uh, wow. the guy who kidnapped her was Gerald Arthur Friend, who was a serial rapist and kidnapper. He's currently serving two consecutive 75-year terms at Airway wow. Heights Correction Jeez. Center. So, Thank God they got the bastard. So I, in, his, in the song, she tricks him into thinking she likes it. And that's how she escapes, which I, I guess is not what happened in real life. But she was a 14-year-old girl. So oh, God. so oh, God he, he uses the, the poly thing as like the... I, I mean, I, I guess it's... 
makes it into like a metaphor. Like people always call parrots Polly's Polly, right? Polly wants a cracker, all that stuff. That's right. Like, ah, but, yeah, um, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But right. it is a song from the perspective, from the point of view, unusually, of the rapist. And oh, uh, yeah, of course, in the she, she, she's just as bored as me. She caught me off my guard, right? I think that line amazes me. The will of instinct is just an incredible lyric. Yeah. And um, but in the incesticide lyric, uh, sorry, not lyrics. The uh, the the notes that he wrote for incesticide. I forget what it's called. Kurt Kurt agreed to incesticide as long as he could write the booklet that comes with it. Yeah. And they, there's a what what's called new wave poly there, which is more like a just punk version of poly. Mm-hmm. But he pointed out that um, he 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 wrote something that he wrote last year. A girl was raped by two wastes of sperm and eggs while they sang the lyrics to our song "Polly." I have a hard time carrying on knowing there are plankton like that in our audience. So wow, like, you know that's a that's a fun thing to think about when you <laughs> wrote a song, isn't it? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's a really very well written and very deep and very sad song which is written very beautifully I think and uh, actually mm. it's the one song in the album that Dave Grohl does not appear on because the little cymbal part is what uh, Chad Channing played when they th- this song was recorded as the part of the demos they did with but- Butch Vig oh, okay. when they first went to work with him so actually Dave Grohl was not in the band yet when this this song was recorded and they just ended up using the demo version on the album. Right. Yeah. Well, so. you really know this album inside out. Was that the book you read on it? Um, Didn't you read the yeah, book? I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah, okay, I did. Yeah. I did read. That's an I, mean, I mean, literally, I lived and breathed <laughs> this, this band at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, I understand. I mean, yeah. I was a huge fan, but you, you seem to just know everything about them. That's it really was, cool. Uh, yeah. Very insight, insightful. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, what we got next, eh? What is next? Well, we go from Polly to it's quite a <laughs> contrast there, right? The yeah, to from Polly to territorial pissings, and uh, I guess we can pop a little bit of that on still. Okay, let's do it. Come on, people now, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to love one another. Territorial pissings, of course. Uh, contrast. Certainly was. Certainly was quite a, quite a, an aggressive statement. I always loved. I did always like the just because you're paranoid, don't mean they're not after you. Uh, oh yeah. Lyric. I think that's. that's I, I think cool, it's yeah. from. I think it's referencing something. But gee, they actually play that song live on Saturday Night Live, which is quite a weird choice for a network TV show. But. 
So basically, I mean, this song has got to find a way, find a way when I'm there for like 90%, 80% of the song, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, That's really it. Obviously, it starts off with uh, Chris Novoselic kind of mock singing the chorus from the Young Bloods get together. And uh, mm. the old sort of hippie type song, I guess. And really... Uh, well, that's not Kurt singing that? Singing no, that's that? Chris Novoselic, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I had no idea. Oh, God, Jesus, so many things I didn't know about this. Yeah. Man, you, you, are the, you are the Nirvana fucking yeah, was, uh, I probably could have done trivia a, guy. Could have been one of those mm. guys that does, like, tours explaining stuff about Nirvana yeah. if they had, like, a museum dedicated to them. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, mean, I, just, I always found this song so just so scary. I don't know, like that intro, just like, what is this? What's going on? You know? Yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah. it was terrifying, but now it's fucking, fucking cool as shit. You know? I mean, that, that was awesome. like my my dad was like, kind of to my surprise, really into this album. I remember taking this album and ten to France with us on vacation. Yeah. And like we had like a car and we were just driving around like parts of whichever city we were staying in. I can't remember. It was in the south of France. And yeah. just listening to it over and over and over again. Like I'd put them both on like cassettes. And he at least, he like, he loved them both. But that song always, I kind of rubbed him the wrong way because he was not like into anything dangerous or punky or anything. And yeah, it was my just, dad was, it was yeah, like too same. much for him, I guess. But, there you go. Too heavy, too loud. I think that music. that kind of made it cooler to me, you know. So right, right, it was right. one of those the, things. The anti-dad kind of appeal. Yeah, and and th way. this song kind of, I guess, interesting in that Kurt defied Butchvig and insisted on plugging his guitar directly into the like the mixing board. Oh yeah, okay. So that's why the that's guitar sounds sound. so insane, I guess. Mm. But um. Yeah, he into the Neve console. He he pl plugged it straight into the desk, make it sound as trashy as possible. And That's so cool. I guess what it Vig actually okay. So this is a little bit different. Vig uh, said he didn't think the guitar sounded any good at all. So he actually split the signal between an amplifier and the board. So it kind of did oh. both both in the end. Oh okay. Oh that's interesting. Yeah. He, so yeah it's it's kind of, i don't it's it's just a little song it's such a weird fun thing but you're right it just sound it does sound like absolutely intensely like frightening at that time yeah right for it's it, yeah it was, when i i never grew up listening to punk to be honest like for me nirvana was the the first kind of group that sounded aggressive and scary yeah, and yeah. whatever I, I could and from there on i did maybe did listen to other stuff in the past but like this was just a this is some <laughs> fucked up yeah. shit guys yeah. and just like the way he completely loses it screaming at the end and just keeps yeah, going somehow like without choking or coughing is kind of pretty amazing too yeah it's really intense all that screaming on the riverbank really paid off there you go fishing okay. and screaming try it guys <laughs> i'm sorry guys and girls everyone Guys Human beings don't want to gender you or, or gender things you. or la lampshades or whatever you are, furries. <laughs> got a really inappropriate thought when you said lampshades. I will move on from that now. Anyway, right. let's speaking of moving on, <laughs> let's move on to what I think is still always my favorite song, and that cool. is "Drain You." 
said probably my favorite song i think it always kind of was and it's never really changed I, it was the first song i read ex- except for i guess the riff for smells like teen spirit it was kind of the first song i really wanted to learn to play and i i just think the the melodies are so great mm, yeah. and i love i love even though it's just a four chord riff i love those four chords together it, and i really like a lot of the lyrics in the song too i like the is, line about, with eyes so dilated del- del- i've become your pupil yeah, That's awesome. I, I think like the, the first line, two, one baby to another said, "I'm lucky to marry you." That's apparently a line that okay. his ex-girlfriend said to him, and it's oh, that's cool. I, I guess it's a song about her. I forget which girlfriend it was, but yeah, I guess it's about her anyway. But yeah, it's just just a great song. And then the live version was actually it was one of the songs I think was even better live because that sort of like little instrumental section, yeah. Like the sort of the bridge sort of thing, middle eight, whatever. On the album, it's kind of just whatever. There's some like little kind of sounds going on, and then he comes out with a big scream. It goes back in the the intro, but but when they would do that live, he would make like they would make a really big deal of it, and it was just like such a cool, like intense build up to that, like the release of those four chords coming back from the intro again. Really, definitely my favorite live nirvana song i think mm. oh it's absolutely awesome yeah. i love this great song but for me i don't know the next songs i don't know what it is but i fucking fucking love it oh me too mm. and that next song of course is uh lounge act right Um, I think I would say it was the probably the least immediate song when I was first getting in this album like that I, I just yeah. didn't think about it that much compared to the others but now it's probably my second favorite song oh okay I I love the lyrics and I love the way I love the melodies I love the way he obviously he's repeating the first verse but when he like really opens his voice up on the third mm. 
mm, third, yes. third verse and like the it's bass awesome. and everything is just great and it, it's it's something a little bit different i think because it's not so like maybe immediate like some of the other songs are and has yeah. a little bit more like longevity to it, a little bit more depth maybe but i i really love that song i'm so do i fucking one of my one of my favorites i guess on the album yeah very cool yeah apparently it was a difficult song to to record that they had to do five or six takes on it and had to change some of the drums and uh oh really try different guitar sounds and that's interesting yeah so um so i I guess unfortunately we have to skip a couple next next song is stay away which was originally called pay to play and there are versions of that song out there with different lyrics obviously pay to play (laughs) stay away i like the song quite a lot it's it's probably my least favorite song on the album i think but i think it's yeah one of my less favorite it's interesting like does it does it anything to do with like alice in chains i stay away i I doubt it does but i was just thinking right well i mean it predates that so i I don't think so but no i mean no 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 what i mean is like alice in chains oh they 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 had the song stay away um I don't know, to be honest. I, I think he just changed because Stay Away sounds better than Pay to Play. But, I mean, I, I like the song. I think it's fine. But it is sort of a little bit of a lesson. Like, the chorus is whatever, I think. I mean, I, I kind of like the, the vocal effect where you're like, I don't know why or whatever. But it's just, it's definitely the closest thing to a filler song, I think. And there are B-sides I definitely would have put on this album instead of Stay Away, I think. But anyway, it's fine. Um, I think we should do on a plane yeah let's pop that one up here. on a plane I guess um, mm. I, I, it was always one of my kind of favorite songs I think it didn't really get as much recognition until the unplugged set even though I yeah. personally think it's one of the least interesting songs on the unplugged set just the performance of it. I, I like how enormous the guitars sound on the album version I, I the guitars sound like 10 feet high like like gilded in gold just gigantic mega guitars and yeah i i I think it's i actually really love the lyrics even though he apparently wrote them at the very last minute yeah and uh i remember them i i think that there's that line he says it's safe to say like my mother died every night it's safe to say don't quote me on that apparently they'd spend a week just saying don't quote me on that at the end of every sentence is like a weird in joke between themselves 
Oh, really? So that's where that kind of came from, I think. That's interesting. And that one, one thing I really love that I didn't really pick up on, I guess, until the Unplugged performance was like Dave Grohl and Kurt doing those like harmonies at the end. Oh, the um bits. Yeah, mm. they do like these double-tracked harmonies. Apparently, they did those like eight times originally that they were planning okay. to. And then when Kurt listened to it, he just cut it off after one. Like, he didn't want to put it all in there. But I think on the unplugged yeah. version, they do it a few times. So they they actually had a really nice, like, harmonizing between the two of them. Like, Dave's voice really did complement Kurt's, I think, as a sort of harmony backing vocals on quite a few songs and uh yeah it's it's kind oh, it of it sounds really cool yeah, it does mm. sound very cool and uh, not, i mean like there aren't many songs on the album where uh, uh dave or, or chris are uh, uh singing right no not at all yeah i, I think mm. like like live dave started singing harmonies the harmonies that kurt did on polly like dave would sing those live but mm. i don't think there were too many songs where he got to really sing backing vocals yeah. like that yeah and uh and then the album kind of goes into something in the way which yeah i i remember reading that this song they couldn't get it right at all and eventually vig asked her what do you want to do yeah. like how do you hear it and he sat down on the like on a sofa and just played the guitar unbelievably quietly and just yeah. mumbling the the vocals, and they had to turn off all the air conditioning, and everything, and phones, so they could set up some microphones to record it. Oh, is that right? That's wow. how that that song was recorded. That's interesting. And in the song live, they would do is like a massive, like mega distorted chorus, like really slow dirge, like a really s slowed down like metal song almost yeah but which i actually kind of prefer a little bit i to me the the album version it's a really nice song but it's a little boring because it goes on a little too long i think mm, something like, in like, like mm, a yeah, little bit i mean it's bit. got the cello there and it, it's really nice but it's not it was never but my favorite in, in, song yeah it neither I mean, neither mine but like in a way it, it works kind of well and it, it's a nice closer i think I mean, it, it definitely you know, does. talked about how a song can album can end on a, a bit of a banger but this is a nice also a nice way to end an album yeah i, I, I think, think so i i think it's supposed to be about like kurt for a while was mm. kicked out of where he was living as a kid and went oh, yeah. to like sleep under a bridge in washington so oh, I think that explains underneath the bridge with, yeah. the tarp has sprung a leak right like that. so <laughs> pretty autobiographical <laughs> I, I guess and then of course um there's endless nameless stuff all that which if runs long after something in the way finishes if you leave the cd playing oh that's right and it's just like yeah. a bunch of crazy noise they ended up making when they fucked up a take of lithium apparently i even noticed these lyrics before like silent here i am silent bright and clear died mother death with violence excitement etc wow never really heard that before i mean he's just improvising i guess so. okay but you can't make any of that because it just sounds like, like you can make a violence but he's just screaming so i see and um i mean oh, that's that's never when there were some you know there were some great b-sides and, and and songs ended up on other things outtakes i that's guess right. like even in that's his youth right. is a really fun song verse chorus mm. verse is great which ended up on the um 
the No Age, not sorry, the No, no Alternative, No Age is a band, of course, No Alternative <laughs> yeah. compilation album. Uh, for, oh, which yeah. like, it was like a charity thing with, I think, a bunch of bands were on there, Soundgarden maybe, Sonic Youth and stuff. And mm. that's that was one of my favorite Nirvana songs, actually. There was, uh, yeah, quite a few, quite a few songs there that could have been on the album. I mean, yeah, and, like uh, you were saying before, like maybe instead of a uh, uh, stay, stay away, away, maybe. I mean, mm. they, they, none of them are as immediate mm. as stay away. So I, I think I understand maybe they just wanted that one last really fast song there. I, I think verse chorus sure. verse would have been great, but it was also maybe in in tempo a little similar to um on a plane i guess yeah so apparently kurt gave up recording anyway he was in a bad mood so that's why that song never never <laughs> well, worked out they, so there you go i mean yeah 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 the old, the old kurt uh temp- temperament i guess and there's but, like marigold I mean, thank that god dave dave mm. wrote that's a nice song but yeah sorry mm. no no i mean just you know i was just gonna say this like despite all of his I guess so-called I mean like issues if we use a word like I mean the guy was a, a basically a bloody genius you know he had a real good ear and you know take on music he didn't have much like musical theory knowledge but he could just he knew how to make a good melody and to make a great album and yeah yeah absolutely we're left with this fucking masterpiece really aren't we and it's, he had like he had like a weird great. obsession with certain things like drum sounds yeah. and drum parts and like he was okay, really yeah. into drums and like how to mic drums and stuff like oh really i, I wish lars ulrich had kurt hanging around <laughs> yeah there you go yeah definitely right like that that oh, was yeah. his big thing that he wanted drums to be like amazing and certainly mm. and found, he certainly got that, that right yeah dave yeah that's right and awesome man i mean i guess we've been we were giving scores to these old these yeah deep dives, we, I guess we, were. We, we were yeah yeah are we, are we still Sure, I mean, <laughs> we, we always have, I mean, obviously I've given the old I mean, 6 no. out of 5 again. I mean, you know, really, right? Like, his, I mean, it's, a, it's historically a, a, an important album. It, it still sounds excellent. If it didn't, I'd give it a 5. But it, it does, and it's a 6, yeah. right? I mean, gotta be. I, I think it's interesting how, even though I know Kurt ended up, not liking the album didn't he said it sound more like a motley crew album than an alternative album or whatever but like he was not happy with the production in the end even though apparently in the moment he was very happy with the production according to butch fig and andy wallace but yeah i get people change maybe he that's why he ended up making in utero so rough and going to steve albini and everything Uh, but yeah that's right but i i think excuse me much like Siamese Dream, which Vig also recorded, the two albums sound very different, but like they don't sound out of date or old or dated in any way to me. Like it, I feel like if this album or Siamese Dream both came out next week for the first time, it would Mm. sound like game changing still. I I nobody would be like, oh, that sounds really (laughs) nineties. I don't think I so. Agree, yeah. It, it yeah, like, I mean, there's there's, there's the issue that like guitar music is not not going to be big anymore mainstream. I mean, maybe in that sense, yeah. Stuff. But like, musically, it, it doesn't sound old. Not yeah. at all. And no. And, and 
unlike a lot of sort of like 80s stuff that I do, you know, still really like or in some cases love. I mean, you know, a lot of it's pretty corny or sound like something that was cool in in the 80s can sound really kind of lame now, right? Like a lot of those love sure. songs or the guys with the big hair and the big <laughs> whatever. Right. Like it just does. You can't get over it. But there's nothing corny about this still. Oh, no. It, not even not close to it. I don't think there ever will be a and time. I, and I think anyone can get... I mean, if anyone could essentially appreciate or get into this music, it's not like, oh, this, is, this isn't cool anymore. I can't listen to it. I mean, I'd recommend any... Well, I mean, I sound like an old guy here, but like younger people, younger generation, try it out, you know? Try and listen to Nevermind to see if you like it. I, I think Nevermind Honestly. is definitely the mm. biggest album to connect. Like, you know, I, I've seen so many, like, teenagers who who not even close to being born when when this album came out who absolutely worship it and love it that's cool and yeah like you know even like my own kid like she really likes it you know she's nice that's that's really uh (laughs) what's the word encouraging promising absolutely (laughs) encouraging is the word absolutely but it's just so catchy and like Mm. the melodies are so nice and his voice was so good and the guitar parts even though they're simple are so catchy and sound so good and obviously the production really helps that aspect but like he said he wanted to make a pop album and that's what he did so i it's a shame maybe because he was you know he was still really young too Wait a minute. So he would have been 23, 24 at this time? Like 24. He died at 27. That 27, was 19. Yeah, yeah 19, uh, 1994. Yeah. You know, so... Very young. It, it, it's, it's, it's weird to think. Because well, I, I was, you know, I was a teenager. I mean, geez, when this came out, how old, how old was I? Was I even, you, I mean, was yeah, I even a teenager? I probably wasn't even a teenager yet. Because I was... I was yeah, I mean, it's like I was 12 or 11, 11 years old or 11 or 12. So you'd have been a, a bit, a couple of years older, right? Yeah. This came in 91, right? Yeah. So I didn't hear it till the next year. So I was like 13, I guess, when this came out. Yeah. When this was released. When I got this, I was 13. So, you know, in, in my mind, looking at him, he was still a man, <laughs> you know? But when I That's think right. about somebody being like mid twenties, it's like I don't look at them like, "Oh, you mature man." Not so much. Now, I mean, right? It's different. It's a very young person still. So the idea that he might turn turn on the album a bit and say it sounded like a Motley Crue album or whatever, well, maybe he just wasn't really mature enough to appreciate it yet himself, perhaps. Yeah. But in a way, I mean, it, it absolutely sucks what happened, what he did, and it's awful, and it, it really broke that's my heart. Same. That's kind of what put me, ended up putting me off yeah. Nirvana. I mean, I'm it, so glad to be back into them now. Absolutely, my hero at the time, and it oh, really broke God, my yeah. heart. And same. But you know, I guess it, it's weird that your voice. image of him will always be like this sort of like weirdly kind of beautiful young man with blonde long blonde hair and blue eyes right like he's oh, never yeah. gonna be the big fat bald guy Un- i'd say un- <laughs> unwashed blonde hair never looked yeah. washed but yeah. definitely not yeah yeah but but for one one cool guy a seriously I, cool I talented guy he he made sure his mystique would always be there right? 
Yeah. It's not like looking at Ringo Starr now. Right? What was the thing? <laughs> that's right. What was that thing he wrote in his in his uh, suicide? He note quoted about? Neil Young when he said it's better Young, to burn right? out than to fade away. So. Yeah. And Neil I. Neil Young was. I kind of appreciate. Very that. sad about that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because Neil Young wrote a song, Sleeps with Angels, for his, his next album after that, about Kurt. Oh, did he? Okay. Mm. That's interesting. And, uh, of course, R.E.M. had that song on uh, on Monster about him, too. Let Me In. Okay. So I, I guess Michael Stipe had become very close with Kurt just before he killed yeah, himself. Yeah, I, so. I think I remember seeing something with them together, yeah. Yeah, like I think they talked about working or... together and stuff. So, right, what a shame, mate. Well, you know, maybe it was maybe it was good for his career. Uh, <laughs> I mean, say that, but certainly know, the album went diamond a few years back. I think so. Mm, that's right. But certainly for his daughter, it's been very good. Yeah. Um, well, not to lose yeah. her dad, obviously. Well, but I mean, you know, obviously, yeah. yeah. Oh, I understood yeah. what you meant. Yeah, I wasn't thinking it was yeah, the other one. That thing. Didn't come up quite right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Financially, yeah, but that's dead. Yeah. <laughs> God, I got these funny, funny things going to come along at the end here. Yeah. Start anyway, off, like, yeah, off to, character to try and uh, <laughs> avoid that. Let's just wrap it up. Eh? So. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening. Of course, Thank you. please like and subscribe and rate and review where you can. Spread the word around. Please iTunes do. and Apple Mu- uh, Apple Podcasts. I always say that. Spotify, Spotify and uh, Stitcher, Twitch, Google Twitch Play Store, I guess, if that's where... I'm not sure if that's where podcasts go, if you yeah. have an Android. Um, that's right. And yeah, of course, find us on Twitter at MidnightWaveCJ. Instagram, Instagram Mi- Midnight Waves Pod, and, and uh, mm. the uh, YouTube. Midnight Waves. YouTube. There is a YouTube. I haven't done anything new on it for a while. I haven't had time, unfortunately. But I will probably do something next week. I guess gonna <laughs> some time off work for a while again. So there we go. might be able to get yes. something up there. Same. And of course, yep. the Midnight Waves website where you can also leave comments, and uh, we will reply. Yes. Yep. So. Yeah, of course. Again, take care. How about mate? How about uh? Oh yeah. How about next week? Anything uh coming up? Or? Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind looking at this Y Oak uh, EP that came out this week. I, it's a band okay, I, I yeah. like quite a bit. Um, I don't know if we have any big re- releases. I guess we have a little quick quick glance now. I guess. Uh, I think there was something I added that we need to. Uh, with Isn't this that, like, double we, album, yeah, the blue and exile. We might might take a look at that. Might, might um, have a look at that. <laughs> I guess not, right? Yeah, nothing. No, not so much. It's it's a bit of a dead zone at the moment. So I guess we'll see what happens. But I mean, we'll definitely be back. We'll definitely yeah, have some we'll stuff to yep. do, and uh, probably figure out some mm. kind of feature if if nothing else. Yes, oh, actually, definitely. I wouldn't mind looking at Jason Molina album. It's Jason Molina, of course, who died. Um, he was the the singer of uh, band I like, whose name has escaped me right now. Uh, Songs Ohio, a band I, I used to like very much. Unfortunately, okay. passed away a few years back, but somehow has a new solo album. <laughs> It's just bizarre. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. dead, but I've got a new album coming out five years yeah. later. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm still working from my grave, you know. 
Just just fax me to my grave. Oh, it's a bit fax strange. Fax. Japan, isn't it? Email me. Email my grave. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll respond somehow. Yeah, it was a Sorry. little bit strange. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. we'll, see. Yeah. we'll see what we can do. We'll do something. We'll always have something for you guys. And uh, Yes, please tune in. Yeah, always. Yeah. And until then, okay. wear a okay. mask. Keep wearing a mask. Yep. yep. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.